Thursday evening, Paul Cooney here with Peter Grant, the former Celtic star, and Craig Moore, the former Australian and Rangers hero. They're both with us on the day we discover it's going to be Falkirk against Inverness on Saturday, the 29th of April, 12.15 kick-off for the Cup semi-final at Hampden. And then the following day, Sunday, 30th of April, 1.30 kick-off, Rangers against Celtic, at Hamden. So we'll get two guys who know all about this fixture. We've been talking about it for the last few days. Well, both the fixtures, because we're just thinking, Peter, your son played in the final of the Scottish Cup, Falkirk Inverness, in 2015. Just missed out in the winner's medal. And he scored. Yeah, he did. It was a situation, Paul, you look back and you think, eight years ago. It was quite incredible, actually, you know. But listen, both teams deserve to be there. You know, Inverness put on a fantastic performance, as did Falkirk did. When you think with the last couple of minutes they obviously concede a penalty, you think it's all over for them. So they've, got, they've all got a chance of being in that final and it's a very, very one, close one to call, that's for sure. You know, sitting across from you on 0808 17 17 700, you don't have to phone him yourself, Peter. You can speak to him. <laughs> phone him if you like. He predicted that Inverness would beat Kelly the other night and you got it right about Falkirk. Yeah, no, look, I mean, very, very pleased for, for both teams. Obviously, the opportunity, uh, semi-final, the draw has, has worked perfectly for them uh, also. Um, Falkirk, like I said, you know, going behind against their early doors and the way that they kind of rallied and, and, and found their way back into the game, the missed penalty, um, and then going on to, obviously, the missed penalty from here, uh, and then Falkirk having enough to, to go on, Kai Kennedy with a deflected goal. Great result for them. Uh, I was lucky in terms of the teams that I selected. Rangers-Celtic being drawn in the other semi-final. Um, yeah, so that will be an interesting debate right up until that <laughs> very day on the 30th of April. Michael Beale is in front of the media today, so we've got some fresh audio from the Rangers manager. And it's such a crucial two months for him, isn't it? Not least, three games against Celtic. It could define his time at Rangers. It could really set him up or... How tough would it yeah. be if he can't win at least one of them? Yeah, and for me, it's, it's not could it will. Uh, you know, you, you touch on the, the games that are remaining and I think, uh, you know, in, in the recent kind of matches, Michael Beale has said uh, on a number of occasions that there has been a game plan that hasn't been executed uh, in, in, in the old firm encounters. So that's an area where there needs to be improvement. Certainly, he needs to give the Rangers supporters something to be excited about leading into next season and, and, and that would have to be by, by getting results and by getting to, in my opinion, the, the cup final and, and, and winning the cup final. Otherwise, he, he falls under what we experience in Glasgow many, many times, the, the, the pressure that's just around the corner. And yet he needs time to rebuild. The rebuild has started, Peter, but I don't need to tell you uh, how much time do you get when you're at Celtic or Rangers? The time I'll get if he gets a couple of results in it because you're working with less pressure in the respect of that, trying to rebuild... But if you're trying to rebuild and you've not won any of the three games, then there's a massive problem because people are looking at everything you're doing. Then the, the chat becomes who you should be signing, who you shouldn't be signing. Then the quality you're signing. And to be fair to him, I think the likes of Cantwell uh, coming into the squad has bettered the squad. I've said that right from the start. I thought that. Um, he made that probably, he'll not say error, he not playing him in the cup final. I thought he should have played both of them, mm -hmm. even though the fitness, because I think you can always take people off, as I said last week, you can take them off in the game. You know, but to start a game, you ask any player he'd prefer to start than come on in the game because I find it's harder 
for the boys to come on in games to defend yeah. their legs you know strikers are maybe slightly different mm -hmm. you know but the midfield players not they like to start because everybody's starting and trying to get their first breath and I thought that would have been better for them so but, does the game run past you maybe yeah at that time yeah. but no matter what because you're trying pace. to get your first touch yeah. of pace everybody's up to pace where you're trying to get where you're doing that at the start of a game Everybody's trying to get to that level, you know, with their, make sure their first touch is right and whatever. And I think it was just more, especially when he went in the following week and started with him and said, well, I thought it was important that he could do really well the first period and then we could take him off if he tired, as he did in the second half. And you think, well, that's what you'd have done against Celtic. But listen, Michael's a manager. He, he's obviously done that. He made that decision. But the pressure comes if you don't win the games. And they're, they're very... Listen, Celtic Rangers games are always the same. Building up to them are always difficult because... No matter who's in form and who's not in form, day games, anything can happen on the day. And that's what Craig will tell you from his point of view, but I can tell you from my point of view, I know times we've been really poor getting into it and won, and I know times when we've played really well and got hammered. You know what I mean? So that, that is the difference going into the games and you never can prepare because you never know what's going to happen on that particular day. Right, guys, predictions now. No, there's six and a half <laughs> weeks to go. Six weeks and Celtic. four days. Yeah. <laughs> steady, steady. Listen, the game is on the Sunday. Can I just say that, you know, I also work at the Kilt Walk and people were worried about it. Uh, the Kilt Walk obviously is on. That's been in the diary and there's over 10,000 people signed up. It will raise millions on the day, but we'll be away from Glasgow Green uh, in the morning, you know, by... 11, half 11, 12 o'clock and then it's down Clyde side down the, the Brumalaw down towards Joker Clyde Bank all the way down to Balak so it shouldn't affect I mean the game is going ahead and it's happened before a few years ago after the uh, the split the game was on and that was at Celtic Park which was closer obviously yes. to Glasgow Green so it will be okay it's not ideal I wish it had been on Just the Saturday yeah. yeah indeed <laughs> um, and people have signed up but you know how the charities need it but, absolutely you know, it will be Fantastic the police course. have been absolutely brilliant with us but yeah, it, it should all be in order. It's typical, isn't it? It happens on that day when... I mean, last year, on that day, over £4 million was raised Incredible. for charity and when every penny went to the charity. So I just wanted to clear that up. The kilt walk Brilliant. is absolutely going on. Just an that's that's the first thing. And, well, I think the game is... With the, it, no, it's I the mean, same the cool, time. The cool oh, it's, we're always away. Early. Yeah. Absolutely, it yeah. is, Craig. We're away yeah. at half eight in the morning. Looking forward to it. Give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. As I say, we've got quite a bit from Michael Beale. I think Ange Postacoglu will be talking about it tomorrow, probably, on media duties. Some of the headlines today. Well, the Morellis word. The name comes up again. We've been talking about it for months. This is what the manager said today. Um about his contract position. The big thing is, is that where do we see the club guy moving forward and who do we want to build around for the next three or four years? So I need to think when I'm handing these or making these offers, do I feel that I want to build with someone for the next three or four years? It's a moment where there's a lot of players out of contract and therefore there's a lot of salaries coming back in if we wasn't to renew with some of them players, which gives the club uh, a lot of options this summer. Uh, I've identified a few players to the club that we're away working on now and and doing our scouting. It's, there's, there's almost two jobs going on. There's the team now and, and trying to improve that and, in, and, and continue with the good form and in, improve the style and identity of every game and every training session. And then behind the scenes, there's working towards what Rangers are going to look like for uh, the 1st of July next year and we return for pre-season. And so... Those things, are, they're big decisions to make. Um, you know, Alfredo's had a huge part of this football club the last few years, uh, contributed. Certainly only nice things for me to say about him and our relationship. But at the end of the season, there'll be a chance for us to have a conversation whether we continue or not. And 
that's very open at this moment in time. And people wanted to know, is he on his way to Seville? Yeah, we spoke obviously after the game. He's not saying yeah, and that he is <laughs> saying I'll speak about yeah, it. Yeah, we spoke obviously after the game on, when was it, Sunday? And there's no truth in that. So I was pretty cool about it beforehand anyway, because we have such a really, such a strong relationship and we're both committed to each other until the end of the season and we'll sit down and have a chat then. And uh, if Alfredo's here and offered a new contract, great. If he moves on and he's our record goal scorer in Europe, we've had a lot of big days together and uh, he'll get a hug and on he goes. But at this moment in time, we're just focused on the games ahead. There's no truth in, 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 the, in the situation with Seville. Craig, what do you feel? It sounds like a cheerio, but he's not saying when. End yeah. of the season. End of the season. Look, I think uh, the big hug and on he goes is, is probably the most likely uh, situation for Morelos. He's had, a, he, he's had a, a period of time at the football club. He's had good times. He's had bad times. I think what's, uh, you know, being consistent is, is his goals at, a, at an important level for Rangers when they needed it. But... Uh, the longer this saga has has dragged out for me, the the the, the more I've felt confident that unfortunately he will be moving on. Um, and part of you know Michael Beale's recruitment, as he touched on there, the the, the two jobs now and next season, it has to be uh, in place. They need to have players ready to start July July one. There needs to be a freshness, I think, to to try and take Rangers to a uh, a different level, uh, an improved level to to try and get closer to Celtic. But it looks as though he will be going and it could well be Seville, but nobody's saying it at the moment. Nobody's, yeah. say, nobody's saying yeah. it at this moment in time. Obviously, that has been the club. Yeah. Uh, I've heard, obviously, Michael's comments there. And I've also heard still rumblings that that, that deal potentially is uh, going to go through. <laughs> Peter, you took... Uh, there was a lot of criticism early in the season from Rangers fans when you said about the magnitude of the size of Rangers. Well, some people didn't hear this. They, wanted, they heard you saying, oh, you know, he should have done better, could do more that he should really want to play for Rangers or whatever. But I think you've been proved to be right. I mean, 120 goals for Rangers, the top European scorer, but he was missing too many times. How do you feel now? Do you think the Rangers fans have come round to realise he's been great, but could have been an all-time great? So much better, and unfortunately, down to yourself. There's lack of professionalism, and I hate saying that about any player, you know, but pictures don't lie. Your body shape doesn't lie in the position you're asked to play. You're a professional footballer. You're an athlete. and But the biggest thing for me was when Rangers needed him most, he wasn't there. The manager needed him most and brought the most important game this season. He wasn't there. He was left behind. And as I say, listening to Michael Beale there, it's definitely past tense. 100% is past tense. You know, they're talking about there. And he obviously he's not wanting to say that now because they've got important games left um, before the end of the season. But... I, I think for me, personally, if I'm the manager there, he'd be going out the door and I'd be obviously trying to get a striker in and I'm sure the way that Michael's talking there, there's going to be a few going out the door and he's talking, like say, maybe the guys on the big salary so he thinks they're going to be bit parts. I think they'll see them leaving so he can spread that money more across the, the squad. He was asked also about uh, Scott Arfield and what about his contract? Listen, uh, there's, there's no truth in any player being offered or signed off and any new contract we haven't moved anywhere on Sunday Scarfield's a player that I've got a lot of time for a man that I've got a hell of a lot of time for he gives a lot round here but that's not true um, but look Scotty Arfield's an unbelievable professional and I think has only ever um, you know done the best for himself when he's been given the opportunity and also for, for the football club 
look, there, there, there comes a stage as players. We've both been those players where, you know, you, you, you get to an age and regular football still means a lot to you and it might not be happening at the, the club that you want it to. So you, you've got to look beyond that. Uh, I think personally that probably Scotty, Scotty Arfield is in that situation uh, in regards to, um, you know, has a, has a great deal of time for the football club, but he's got to chase regular first-team football. I don't think he'll get it at Rangers next season. It's going to be some summer for Rangers. It has started. He said that we'll hear a bit more from him talking about, you know, preparations going on for the games, not least the game this weekend at Motherwell, but also trying to get ready for next year. At Celtic, not so much in the last couple of days, Peter, but obviously at the weekend, that was looking like the toughest tie of the weekend, but Celtic were... Well, what did you think of the game against Hearts? I thought they were excellent. You know, it's always a cup final atmosphere. You know, when you're at Tynecastle, I mean, it always is. People thought it was going to be slightly different. Celtic, no. Celtic don't change the way they've played. You know, they've got experienced players. We're talking about Rangers and Celtic. That's where Rangers have got to be careful with some of the boys they're maybe talking about getting rid of. I don't see a lot of guys there when they bring others in, can show them the ropes of what the magnitude you have to do and what you have to represent when you're representing Rangers. And you mean Scott Arfield, sorry? What oh, oh, the yeah. guys like that, Davis, all mm. these guys. If McGregor, we talk about mm. the goalkeeper. If you're talking about all these guys going out the door, right, where are we looking for that leadership and understanding and not necessarily on the football field? And these boys have to agree to that and they respect that because sometimes, when I had an opportunity before I left, God rest one, they'd say to me, why don't you stay for another year or whatever? I knew if Celtic wanted to move forward, I had to be out the door, but the difference for me is I wanted to continue playing. I was 32, I think, at the time. So I didn't want to be sitting in the stand at Celtic Park or sitting in the bench, which probably ended up happening. I didn't want to be doing that because I wanted to continue playing. So I made that decision and they understood that. And it's a difficult one. I had tears run my, down on my face the day I went to Norwich because I'd made that decision. That's what I wanted to do. And do you regret that decision, no. given that they won the title? No, not at all. Celtic get better when I left there is absolutely no doubt of that and better players all these things and for me I'd done my bit there and people say do you regret this not one moment and it was so tough at times you know but I would never regret I wouldn't take it back for one minute to get masses of loads of success of course I'd love to win more trophies and whatever of course I would have there's no getting away from that but not one regret at making sure that, that time that I left and I ended up in England I thought I'd been there for 26 minutes I ended up being there for 26 years <laughs> yes, uh -huh. you know what I mean it's quite a thing Peter and I, I do want you to move on but for you to, to walk away when Celtic said and Vim Janssen came in and it became a you know a, a legendary year for Celtic and you walked away so you cared about Celtic more than your own gain at the time maybe? well because at the end there was no bossman ruling yeah. at that particular yeah. time so Celtic were still wanting a fee and all this and I had an opportunity Wolves or Norwich and I'd spoken to Norwich prior and Mike Walker was a manager and nobody knew to actually I actually left Celtic Park my wife didn't even know I phoned my wife and I was in a way in Norwich she didn't even know I was in the way driving down to Norwich with big Raymond Sparks at the time with my boots and a bag and I made my debut on the Saturday. Some drive. And we got down at three o'clock in the morning Mike Walker was waiting in the hotel for us to sign on the stroke Friday morning and then I played on the Saturday. But nobody knew that I was leaving Celtic. It got Angie Godrester, the kit lady, a wonderful woman, she said, where are you going, son? I said, I'm taking my boots in because I'm playing five sides a night at a charity. And that's what I said to her. But I remember getting out of the car Going down Kerrydale Street and I had tears in my eyes and I'd never looked back. I just straight on the motorway and straight down, all the way to Norwich. I never knew it was as far all the same because I didn't <laughs> even know what Norwich was. And went all the way down. 
but it broke my heart. But the next day, that was it. And I still, that was still the right decision for me. And I had the pleasure of coming up the following year, the day they won the league. So I was there for the day they won the league, which was great for me as a supporter, you know. All, no, not all the tough times that yeah. we went through. It just shows you, Craig, you do need to keep a nucleus of players who know yeah. what the football club is about. Well, you know, you're spot on um, in regards to, you know, the, the, the traditions, the, the standards, um, you know, the culture, the DNA of the football club. You, you, you need key people that are always able to, uh, to keep that moving forward, um, so to speak. Uh, but I also, like, again, Peter saying in terms of when he felt he needed to leave, um, you know, okay, I wasn't brought up in Scotland, but I also, in my opinion, knew when to leave Rangers. Uh, and as much as I had 12 wonderful years there, I, I think it's also knowing when it's time to move on. Uh, and, and that comes from, as you've touched on, Peter, a really good heart, a good space, because you want the club to continue to kick on and, and do well. And at some stage, you've got to pass the baton to someone else to, to go and do that. Um, I've seen the flip side of that when players maybe hang on too long. And then all of a sudden they get the you know the the backlash and the fans and you know even even McGregor as unbelievable as he is he's taken a bit of criticism this season from the fans um, so it's just no it's knowing when and at the same time every individual has their own their own ways in terms of how they want to exit that so I really understand what Peter was saying there and it's so important you know and unfortunately you're coming out and I, listen Scott Arfield has been for me a really difficult player to leave out the side if I'm looking at it you know I'm thinking to myself he scores goals especially if you're playing with one striker he is the best that Rangers at this, even at this moment in time he's the best midfielder running in the box and getting goals there is absolutely no doubt of that so when you're playing with one striker these players are always important I don't think never a placement for that at this moment in time yet I'll not score as many as Scott so you've got to take that into consideration Stephen Davis unfortunately got the injury you know but round about the, the dressing room, when somebody does, young boys come in and we know things have moved on in the way characters are in the dressing room, but you still need somebody to say, settle down, listen, that's not allowed here or whatever, or that banter's fine and whatever. I mean, no dressing rooms have changed nowadays, completely changed. So we, we understand that. But the experience that I had round about me all my days at Celtic, you know, you were trying to make sure that everybody used to come in the door understood that right away as much as they possibly And at the end of my career, with the foreign guys coming in, who could hardly speak any language never mind anything else and the great Tommy Burns and all these guys used to say to me go and you're your, your roommate or whatever you're changing you're, you're, you and Paul know the guy you're going with him because you need to learn him about Celtic and all that ah. simple things like that and I'm saying but he can't speak Scottish and I can't <laughs> speak anything other you know than Scottish so these conversations Paul were wow. hilarious you know what I mean I it thought was you were going to say language. Tommy says you're going to teach him English I was like what <laughs> well, exactly so the same language you were near enough giving them yeah. but all these wee things were so important yeah. and Tommy would phone you in the middle of the night and say yeah. listen see tomorrow could you go up to see Paolo and such and such or George here or whatever because they can't really speak and that, was, and, and that was so, but that was so important yeah. you know so even in the training field, and that's why I think that even the Stephen Davis situation as well, because of his injury, there's no way I'd be getting rid of these guys because they're so him. important. They're so, so important. Yeah. Craig Moore, would you keep Scott Arfield? <clears throat> and actually, I know this is a difficult question because you need to know who's coming in. I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, and not, so, even, not yeah. even that. You need to know exactly what that individual is thinking because Scotty Arfield, um, his, his goals are incredible. Mm. Uh, he, you know, he does come on, he can change games. He, he is probably the only player in the Rangers team still at, at his age that makes those deep runs into the box that gets his goals and gets plenty of them. But he might want to play regular football. And and if that's the case and, and that's what comes from within Scotty Arfield, then he will move on. 
um, because he's not going to be he's not going to be a starting eleven player. He's going to be a player that can can drive the standards and and the understanding within the dressing room. He's going to come on and make an impact when uh, he gets the opportunity. But he's not going to be playing week in week out. I think already in in regards to that midfield area, you can see clearly that with Ryan Jack, Raskin, and Campwell, that's going to be what looks like the future moving forward. Has Ryan Jack pretty much secured a new contract? He seems to be the preference at this moment in time. Look, Ryan Jack, uh, a lot of time for, I think at times, Rangers miss uh, an enforcer uh, uh, type of player and, and Ryan Jack is exactly that. Uh, look, he, he's, he had a tough run uh, a year or so back with, with with his injury and I remember saying when he first come back, don't expect anything too fantastic at this moment in time. Players need time when they come back from long-term injuries. But when he's fit, when he's healthy, um, he's a very important player, I think, for Rangers. The big thing on it as well, Paul, we're talking about uh, like Scotty Arfield, for instance, we'll yeah. just talk about him at this moment in time. I don't know what Scott's on in any shape or form. I don't know what the wages are up here, but just talking about certain guys. Craig in the league. So you're talking yeah. about, so if they're on 30 grand a week or something like that, they maybe need to say to them, right, you're getting 10 grand a week. Mm-hmm. We'll give Plus. you 10 grand a week, 10 grand extra if you play, a, bo- a bonus or whatever, you know, or appearance money. That's the way you have to do because all of a sudden their wages completely change, their salary completely changes, and that's a big thing for them as well. You know, in the modern day, especially the salaries on an earth day. If they'd yeah. taken any money off us, we'd have been left with nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the difference. Quick break. You two are in top form. Craig Moore, Peter Grant, Paul Cooney. 0808 17 17 700.
So as always, you're looking heavy on the M8 in both directions between the M74 interchange and Townhead at 15. At the minute, you've got two lanes closed on the M8 eastbound after a breakdown at junction 19 for Anderson Cross, so please be patient if you're heading through that way. Going westbound, you're heavy on the slip road joining on from the Clyside Expressway, and you're also heavy on the exit slip road at 20 for West Street. You're heavy in both directions of the M77 between the M8 junction 22 at Plantation and one for the Breck Road. You've got a travel time of 15 minutes on the M74 northbound from just before junction 1 back to one here for Poma D and you've got some normal queues through the Clyde Tunnel northbound between Govan and Partick with five minute delays there on your public transport you've got no problems reported locally just as always please check your wrist before you travel and that's you up to date on go Big Champions League week back of course uh, no Scottish involvement it's been a long time since we've had it after Christmas maybe in the future Liverpool last night just that one goal in it it's amazing isn't it the the defeat coming well the bigger defeat coming at home at Anfield uh, what three weeks ago and Liverpool maybe win nothing this year well in fact they probably won't Peter it's, will they get into Europe in the Champions League it just shows you football Paul you know you get into that game last night and I was expecting more for Liverpool actually yep. you know because he talks about the heavy metal football likes to play. <laughs> but I think we've got to give great credit to Real Madrid. I mean, you're looking at guys like Modric at 37 and James Milner, 37. So yeah. we're talking about Scott Arfield and that, by the way. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about Champions League players and still running the show, Modric, you know what I mean? And that's what you've got to be careful of, where you are at this moment in time, where you're trying to build things. And it's yes, we'd all like the perfect with like young players at 24, 25. They're all brilliant, they're all this. And, but you still need that experience round about you. And you look at all their top players last night, Cruz, you know, how long have they been about, you know? And that experience, and you can just see in the game, they sucked a life out of Liverpool, you know? And they had some, the goalkeeper was outstanding as well, you know what I mean? But, as I say, the right team went through. The manager was, as I say, and I'm not always like in the career of Klopp after games when he talks, he always blames something else. But I think he couldn't do anything last night but say the better team went through over the two legs, that's for sure. And Napoli threw against Frankfurt, and when you think about it, Rangers were just that penalty miss away from being in the Champions League they got there eventually but it's amazing isn't it sliding doors yeah no look very 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 much so and I mean the Champions League one for me this season is um, obviously domestically has been disappointing Um, you know but the Italian teams now there's three Italian teams in the Mm -hmm. uh, the last eight yeah so Napoli having an exceptional season playing some really entertaining football we've seen them close hand obviously in the Champions League group with Rangers um, and what about that young player? Now we've mentioned this before, Craig. KK. Uh, the Kavara Donna, KK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kavar Skvelia, something yeah. like that. He, he goes all right. But he's about ninety million. He's rated at hundred million more probably. So he was on your radar. Yeah, Tell he, us the story. He, 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 you know, it's a funny story. Um, not funny, ha ha. I guess. No. But, uh, shot at Avaladze, obviously mm. the Georgian connection, and um, he was he was in Russia, obviously due to all the the, the issues and all that. Ended up going back to Georgia to play at Batumi. Mm. Um, Dinamo Batumi, I, I believe. Yeah, played against him yeah, in Europe. Yeah, and we, we, I had the, the, the mandate to, um, to try and get him to, to Southampton with, um, with the management company I'm working with, yeah. 451. Southampton at, at 11, 12 million, which was uh, the figure at the time, was like, nah, let's look, it's probably not something we're, we're, we're looking at. Um, Still a bit of a risk, and, and mm. the English clubs, Peter, you'll know, they maybe like to see him perform and do it somewhere else mm. and then pay overs, which is madness for me, but that's what happens. Um, and I did I did throw the little Malteser at, uh, mm. at, at Rangers saying, is this, is this not somebody you could 
maybe look at um, get him in on loan with an option to buy because it's not going to happen here in the UK. This is Kvaric Skelia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, Rangers were Rangers were set at that time uh, with obviously their recruitment and and, and their signings. And the, the next minute, I I seen him pop up again at uh, at Napoli, Napoli for ten for ten million, Peter. And then this season, what he's done in the Champions League, what he's done domestically, uh, you're probably um, you're probably bang on, Paul. He's probably worth about 80, 90 million yeah, in, today, that's what in today's oh, market. Oh, Cavara Donna. Yeah. They're calling Cavara him. Donna. When was this? Was this four oh, years ago? On, you're trying to get me. I know you're not. You're trying to, you're trying to get me. <laughs> Three years ago. Nah, he's trying to find out who it was. Two years ago. Yeah, he was. He was kind of. He was kind of known. He was. Um, he was an exciting oh, player. Sure. Is yeah. is an exciting player, and the the player is is having a wonderful time, and uh, he's got a huge, huge career ahead of ahead of But it's amazing when you talk about players like. Because remember, Ken Yep. Course. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. What a player yeah. he was. Yeah. Manchester City. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see certain things in his game that Ken Cladzi had and how they've produced players like this. You know, and it's it'd be interesting to watch because we played Batumi mm. and it was we were the first civilian plane, I think, to land in Batumi. Yeah. It was unbelievable. We were touching down in the airport and yeah. there was holes all over it. There was cows with no or bones and all that mm-hmm. at the side. It was quite incredible, actually. Tragic. There was a war yeah. going on. Tragic. And yeah. they're producing these types of players, you know, it's phenomenal. And as I said, great credit to Naples because they've got a couple of wonderful players on their side. And it is hard because I watched the, I watched the game the other day in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it was streamed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's hard because, you, you, okay, you see a wonderful stadium, you, you see a, a decent match, uh, you see good technical players and lots of stuff, but it's not like... The, the crowd and the the atmosphere and 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 I guess these are the things that, that clubs then kind of have unanswered questions. But I think to. the biggest thing about that, Craig, for me is the one thing about these guys they've always got a hunger mm-hmm. to succeed Massively. because they're desperate to try and get out it. Yep. You know they want to go and play in Europe. You know as in the big bigger clubs. So they'll do anything. They'll train like beasts. They'll be your best trainer. They'll be your best. So they're desperate. So that hunger we can never get rid of that. That's so important in a footballer. It doesn't matter what they've got. If they've not got the hunger and the desire to train and be the best, and you go and watch these guys and you see them, and you know, you've seen it yourself, you'll look at a player and you think, he can play. Yeah, yeah. Within two minutes. Within two minutes. That doesn't change. Never mind all the stats and all the things that get logged up nowadays. Mm. You can tell in two minutes with his first touch. First touch. And I said, God rest my father. My father used to say to me, listen, son, see if you've not got a first touch and a final pass, put your boots in the bin. It was as simple as that yeah. when you were looking at a footballer. It's, and that was simple. And did nobody watch him? Oh, no, though, he would have been, obviously. Again, like I said, I think that there would have just been uh, a player that uh, still s- speculation yeah. in terms of the ability. Uh, does that translate? Then the price and all that sort of stuff that, that comes into it, Paul. But again, he, look, he's not yeah. the only player um, that, that's been like that. There's a player that's gone in, 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 uh, in England, uh, Paqueta, Lucas Paqueta. yeah. 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 Again, he's a player I seen five or six years ago uh, in Brazil, and was coming here and trying to push him everywhere, and uh, nobody took a, took a chance at that time. He went to to Leon for fifteen right. million, yeah. and then to to England for sixty. It happens. Yeah, but England do that because they've got so much money. Of course, that's the yeah. problem. And I understand for Rangers Celtic and all the clubs, they get so they get bombarded with people who say you need to watch. Mm-hmm. This young player, it's going to be amazing. It must be tough. My record's not bad, though. Yeah, I know. I've <laughs> not told you about my missions, though. Yeah, I've not told you about my missions. <laughs> the multi-millionaire Craig Moore. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Very good. Exactly. Michael Beale's been reflecting on the draw, of course. It came out the other night after the cup game. Falkirk were through, so it was Falkirk, Inverness, Rangers, Celtic. What would come out? 
Of course, it was the big two. Uh, a good game. Obviously, it guarantees three uh, games, Rangers Celtic, between now and the end of the season, the last 11 or 12 games, which is, I think, good for us as a squad moving forward. A little bit more in the game? Well, it's a big game, isn't it, when it comes around. As I say, there's a lot of games between now and then. It's how you arrive into it, which I'm more interested in. We need to make sure that we arrive there in a good place. As I say, we've got a, a big league game this weekend, a home game to Dundee United before the game away to Celtic, and they're all important. They have been since I've come back in. Our form's been fantastic in the league, certainly our away form. So let's hope we can keep that going against Motherwell, which is the, the main focus right now. And we'll deal with those games when they come around. That is the next thing, isn't it? Motherwell Rangers at lunchtime, mm -hmm. isn't it? It's 12.30 uh, kickoff for mm -hmm. Park. Yeah, which uh, is a tough place mm -hmm. to, to go. Um, there's no doubt about that. Motherwell uh, under the resurgence of, of Stuart Kettlewell. Manager, uh, manager of the month, of course. Manager of the month, yeah, no, that's right. Uh, look, it'll be, it'll be a tough match, but the good thing is, good surface. You know, the, the, the surface there is tremendous. So, you know, Rangers will have the opportunity to to get the ball down and play and, and, and be nice and aggressive, but they'll need to be because Motherwell have got their results by being able to mix it. You know, I think Stuart Kettlewell's come in and he's got Motherwell playing the percentages really, really well um, and has got the results that are required. So they, they'll be really, really confident as well. Peter, I'm going to ask you about Borna Barisic. Here's what the manager was saying today. Borna's wife's obviously due to give birth. It's her first child, so she's running a couple of days late. But obviously then he goes away on international duty, so we're running tight on that one. But Ridvan's fit and available to go, young Adam Devine. Um, and you may see a change of formation where we play with somebody else out there as well. So what's that change of formation? Three at the back and what well, would you do? No, listen, I thought that's what they'd bought John Suter for when they'd brought Davis and that in and they'd kept goals and I thought there maybe be something that they're looking to do. But that was obviously under Geo, you know, so that I didn't know if that had changed slightly. And it was quite surprising because it always gives you, the Dutch ones always 4-3-3 three, three predominantly, you yeah. know, so that's the way they've always coached and liked to play. I think that was a big thing I noticed with Gio when he played. They did revert back to that, if you remember, and you used to drop Lundstrom in yep. and play in there. So it's something you maybe look at, and especially if Yilmaz is fit, because everybody says he's fantastic going forward. And then, to be fair to the kid, when you see him in the European game, I don't know if it was, was it Lazio? Was it Lazio that played at uh, Rangers? Or Napoli? Napoli. Napoli. Yeah. And he played in the left, and he was getting forward really yeah, well. Yeah. You thought he was a wee bit weaker, maybe defensively. And that was probably Rangers' best performance. Yeah, and it yeah. probably suit, probably would suit him as a wing-back if Barisic wasn't available, you know, because he wouldn't see the likes of Kent or Sakala for me playing wing-backs if they're going to play through okay. the back. But if Suter... And it also gives the manager an opportunity to then get the team up to speed, get these games, guys get legs in their games, as he's talking about. Plus, obviously, at Celtic and Rangers, you have to win. Mm -hmm. So while you're doing that, you have to still win, you know, because everything's rubbish then. If you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't work, the system doesn't work. And it's not necessarily the case, it's just because you have to win while you're trying these things out. But it's an opportunity, as he says, in the build-up to the Celtic game, you have to win all the other games in the build-up to that. But as I said earlier... Getting into the Celtic game, the forum doesn't matter. Mm. All you want available for that particular day is everybody available. That's what you want, you know. Get in and winning, it's meant nothing as it's proved over the years. It means nothing. Sure. On that particular day, you have to be ready on that particular and day. And he touches on that, Michael, isn't it, about his main concern now is how he arrives into those matches. For me, I'm like Peter. I've arrived into that that, that match in, in unbelievable form. Team's been on a great run and then get a bad defeat. Um... I'm more interested about what it looks like after the match. You know what I mean? Like, uh, okay, you want to arrive in good in good heart and all that sort of stuff, but what matters is after the 90 minutes, 
um, what that result is. In terms of the change of formation, potentially, uh, look, I mean, Tavernier is no problem sure. as a wing-back. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll enjoy that role. Ridvan uh, Yilmaz can play that on the left-hand side. I know Adam Devine has been flipped yep. across to the left, although he is right-sided. But He did well. He, he's actually yep. a good, good young player. Um, I think he's got a real chance. Um, John Suter, I think if he does come into the three, and he now he's ready because he's been involved in a yep. couple of matches, Peter, hasn't he? So yep. I think if he's going to come in, Paul, he would be your central one. Yeah, he played in the right with the national team. Um, we always went under Big Alex, so he played there. Um, I guess sent off in one of the games actually playing in Israel I think it was but um, John can use the ball really well and then the back three people look at it as a defensive I think it's a great system if you use it correctly it allows you player, more players to get forward you can play with two up you can allow players to have that freedom to go and express yourself still knowing they've got that three at the back you know and predominantly when you're playing Celtic are probably the only club at this moment in time who are not playing three at the back because of the fact that they've always got two centre-halves in, whereas normally you usually have one full-back going and the other full-back stays. Yeah. So it's still a back three, predominantly. Sure. But Celtic don't. Celtic have two. That's what they've got. They've got two, four, four, really, you know, the way they play. So they're probably the only club that don't play in a back three, even though people will start as a back four. Do you think he'll play two strikers then, if he's got a back three? Um, could it be, could look, it be no, and no, I, no, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I, I still think if they're going to go three at the back, it'll, it'll be a four in the in, in the middle of the park, obviously, with two of those being the, the, the wide fullbacks. And he'll play with potentially two tens that have one and probably more central to be able to then drift out to wide areas still with a with a solo striker. And that would suit probably a Cantwell and Kent playing the areas, either pitch and behind and uh, not a number nine. You know what I mean? Then it would give you a jack you know, and Raskin, whatever, as the two central boys, if that's what he's wanting to do, and it still gives you your wing-backs out there anyway. But, as I say, it gives him size, it set plays, if you bring John Suter and all that in. So there's all these different things that go on for and, managers. And what it might do, Peter, is if if that is thrown out, if, if Rangers do play something like that, it's something a little bit different. Obviously, they need to get results, as you say, because, you know, you have to be winning games at Rangers and Celtic. And maybe also then... Um, has Celtic thinking a little bit differently in terms of going into that yeah. next match. So all of a sudden, it's not what has been so predictable in terms of the way um, Rangers have played, but now there's something else to maybe think about. What about the Japanese team? We'll talk about that next for a moment or two. They must be good if they can avoid choosing Hatati and uh, 26 goals, Furuhashi. That's next.
So as always, you're still looking heavy on the M8 in both directions between the M74 interchange and Townhead at 15. You're very slow after an earlier breakdown on the M8 eastbound at junction 22 for the M74, M77 interchange. Uh, all your lanes have reopened. If you go westbound on the M8, you've got heavy traffic on the exit slip road at 24 West Street. You're heavy in both directions of the M77 as between the M8 junction 22 at Plantation and 1 for Dumbreck Road. You've also got a travel time of 10 minutes on the M74 northbound. That's from just before junction 1 back to to 1.8 for Pomadee. Looking at your public transport, you've got no problems reported locally. Just remember, if you are out and about tonight, you can find out the very latest travel updates at any time at thisisgo.co.uk. Thanks, Chris. News will come up at six. Really important story there in the news uh, this afternoon. I heard Jimmy Whelan from the Blantyre Soccer Academy on and he was talking about the increased uh, prices coming up for the local authority pitches. And I know it's really tough for the local authorities, but he's worried that a lot of young people won't be able to afford to play. And they started the Blantyre Soccer Academy to get kids off the street and to keep them away from gangs. It's been a great success. They've got hundreds of boys and girls. They take them all the way through. They do an amazing... And I know there's clubs right over the west of Scotland. But it's a worry, isn't it? If And I know there's real financial pressures, but this will have an impact, Peter. If they're not able to play football, the boys and the girls, what's going to happen? It's ridiculous, Paul. I mean, when we were growing up, it didn't matter. Yeah. It was the streetlights we used, all these sort of things. Unfortunately, they've been put in cages and that now in the respect to that. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And it's a fantastic facility for the kids to go and the, the amount of volunteers that go and work with these kids as well is incredible. Give their time. Absolutely. Yeah. It's incredible, actually. And I feel for them because you go to the schools now where we used to love at lunchtime, you know, playing. It didn't matter if it was hard or it was a bit of grass. Yeah. You put the goals down. There was four or five games going on at the time. Now you go and it says no ball games. But they still play. I, I, but, <laughs> I you understand you. what I'm saying? But I know. What, yeah. what they, where are they going to play? No. And if it becomes financial, it's a real tough time for everybody at this moment in time. Oh. All of a sudden, and you're asking for more money for the kids to play, then we are going to have kids that's going to be sitting in the house. Yeah. But that's what we're definitely going to have. You know, they're not going to be going anywhere. And then they get bored. And when people are bored, that's yeah. when you get bigger problems. Yeah. You know, you've got to keep these guys stimulated for the game we all love. And it'd be fantastic. Ideally, you'd want the gates to be flung open for everybody just to play and enjoy the football. Yep. That, that's all you would want. Unfortunately, I know people talk about the, they need lights and whatever, but we played in the street. Yeah. You know, but now you're not allowed to play in the street. You've got, and they're much busier the streets. Absolutely. But we've what got these cost? facilities. Absolutely. You've got Please. the facility. Please help them out. Yeah. Please help them out. That's Sorry. all you're asking. And you shouldn't be in a position, I mean, in today's day, that... Um, you can't or, or you're unable to be involved in sport because of, because of the cost of it. Especially football. Yeah, you know, right. And I, I experienced it a lot also in, in Australia. And, and you know, then the conversation comes, well, have, have you got the best talent? Well, you haven't. You've got the ones that can afford it. Um, and that you do not want. Yeah, well, that, that's the big thing for us. Football, you could play anywhere. You could play in your bare feet. You could play without boots, with boots, whatever. It didn't matter. You just played. Yeah. You know, you could get a ball. That's all you wanted for your Christmas. Nothing else. Yep. You didn't care about anything else. Mm. Now you're saying that with the amount of money it costs for clothes, boots, whatever, it's so expensive. You know, now you're telling them, well, it's going to cost you to pay. <sighs> dear, dear. We're going to have a hell of a lot of players. We talk about saying, well, we've not brought players through for 100 years or whatever. <laughs> you know, we've not been successful. Yeah. It's going to get worse if they end up doing that. Let's hope that they can have a rethink. And I know it's really tough. Of course it is, but yeah. this has to be one of the many priorities to let young people get outside. Instead of being on the games and all that in the house or whatever, get out, get the fresh air. The spring is coming. I really do hope that they can do something. It's not just in Lanarkshire. It'll be all over the country, yeah, right absolutely. here in Glasgow and right, well, right Paul, over the I West. remember yeah. flying in. It was my biggest eye-opener. I was um, flying into Glasgow across the 50, 50 pitches. pitches yep. I told you about it. I flew in and it was 10.30 on a Saturday morning. There wasn't a soul on it. 
it was heartbreaking because mm-hmm. I was looking down and thinking the pitches were full at that particular time. But because if we keep taking people away from the enjoyment or it's yeah. going to cost them and they can't afford to do it, that's what you're going to get everywhere, not just there at that particular time when I've seen that. And then when we talk about the international team, which we will in a moment, then we won't have the players coming through. In the women's game, we want it to get bigger and better as well. But if it's being stifled at youth, we're, we're going to have trouble. Absolutely. We will build up trouble. Um, Celtic have got a very special, got a number of special players. One of them is Kyogo, but he's not in the Japanese squad again. And some of the papers today quite rightly are saying, you know, could this be a problem long term if they don't? Now he's, he's got what twenty odd caps for Japan. Um, Hatati's been capped under 21, 23 level, but they're not in it this time. And just been speaking not about that, but about the performance of Kyogo at the weekend and this season in general. And again, he, he's had a massive shift this week. You know, you can't underestimate the workload he's put in leading the line all week, but, you know, he was still running, you know, today. You could see he was really fatigued towards the end of it. But, um, you know, he, he's getting rewarded for for the hard work he's putting in and, and the quality he possesses. And, um, you know, his teammates appreciate him and uh, I think he appreciates playing in this team. So, you know, from our perspective, he... You know, every time he plays, I think he's a goal threat. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's more goals to come. Craig Moore, you were an international mm. defender. What do you think of him about Kyogo? Oh, no, he's a fantastic player. He's a he's a defender's nightmare. Uh, continually looking to stretch and, and, and run him behind. And you, you, know, you know he just, his movement's great. Uh, he's clinical in front of goal. He doesn't necessarily have to be involved in the build-up. Um, as we've seen even in the, the, the cup final, it's like being in the right place, knowing the right time and, and more than more times than not, he's actually finishing those things. Disappointed for him with the national team stuff uh, because I'll know how, how, how that will feel to him. Um, and it's just about, you know, it's just about staying focused and, and doing the business week in, week out at, at Clubland. I've seen a Peter offline. Japan have always had very, very talented teams, Paul. Very technically uh, good players. And one, one side of their game where I think uh, they lacked and, and maybe are looking to improve is the physicality uh, of the way that they uh, play their, their brand of football. Um, and also when you look at Maeda, who, who is the only one that has been named out of the, the, the Celtic trio. Oh, sorry, they've got four, but they, they're yeah, out of sure. the ones that have been yep. involved. It gives me an idea of, I think, the way that Japan are going to set up and, and what type of players they're looking for in those forward areas. Peter, is it a worry for you for Celtic to keep them in the in the medium term if they're not playing for their, their country? No, because I think you're playing for Celtic, you know, worldwide. And I don't I don't think it's down to playing for Celtic. The manager can say whatever league or what, if that's something to do with it, it'd be lies. I watch them closely before I... And answer any question on Kyogo because of the setup they had I thought I can see why he left him out because their furthest centre forward plays on the back of the number four which of the opposition which is their playmaker so he's really doing a defensive job then he has to run in the box you know to get in the box and Mayday was brilliant for it that's why I see a difference Kyogo he wants to play in the last line of the opposition yeah. And when you watch him on a Saturday, I've been fortunate enough to watch him in a few games this season. His movement is magnificent without receiving the ball. And we're talking about having an eye for a player. If I'm scouting a game, and I don't care if it's people were saying, oh, he was quiet in the cup final, his movement was brilliant. Against Hearts the other week there in midweek, I was at the game, his movement was brilliant. So many times he's came short, spun in behind, and he's made massive space, and the ball's been passed square. So his movement and all that's fantastic. So it's nothing that he's done wrong. You know, it's not the level he's playing at because yeah. there's no doubt he could do the job, but it's the tactic the manager uses doesn't suit Kyogo for him because he wants that guy to be a defender that can help out that... Ta- well, 
be the main attacker yeah. as a defender, really. And that's why Almeida does the role exceptionally well, which he's seen in the World Cup, to yeah. be perfectly honest. And the manager right. being Moriasu, the Japanese manager, in case you're just tuning in, yeah, yeah. this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Craig? And the concern, I guess what you may be saying, is there a concern? Because then yeah. if he's not involved in the yeah. national team, will that potentially affect value? Yeah. Value in terms of, you know, at some stage there may be a transfer that comes in if he continually does what he what he is doing. Look, he, he could go and be involved in the national team and sit on the bench. Uh, and all of a sudden you've got a player that's coming back that's a little bit leg heavy, it's, it's a little bit tired from travel and that sort of stuff, and actually hasn't even got the rewards for the, for the trip. Um, so I, I don't think it will impact in terms of the value of the player. Also, the fact is, the Champions League now. Yeah. Celtic will be in it next year again. Let's not kid ourselves that the league's done, as I've said to you. So, he's going to be in the Champions League again. It's another opportunity. The likes of the Real Madrid's and that, when he's playing against all these guys. You know, that's where you're selling yourself. Forget our national football people, eh, Paul, because people tell you you're not playing with the best players anyway. You're playing with your country's players, you know? And that's what they look at. So, when you're playing the full arenas at Celtic Park, and producing and performing as he has done. He's played in cup finals and scored in cup finals. He's played in European nights, getting goals in European nights. He knows that he can do that. So he's got to continue to do that. And the Champions League's a big seller now. Not international football. International football is important, of course. But there's a hell of a lot of international players don't play with great international teams. Absolutely. So they don't look a player in it. Of course. You yeah. know? So, but him and the Champions League is his seller. And knowing that he can play under the pressure which comes along with playing with Celtic, that's the biggest seller for him. You know, people say that about Henry Larson when they do it down south. Come on. <laughs> Come on. He only did it in Barcelona. You know, say it about Brian McClare. <laughs> Man United. Say it about Brian McClare. They wouldn't score goals down there. First boy since George Best, he scored over 20 goals. Come on, give us a break. You know what I mean? And that's why I say to you that Manchester United, apart from Celtic and Rangers, that's the ones that you've got to be able to hold the candle to. Great insight. Because when I read it this morning, I thought, mm, I hadn't quite thought of that. You know, if you're not deemed to be of international standing or league, not the players themselves, but they'll get a chance. Well, they'll be in the Champions League. Uh, Craig, uh, are you, Peter's said that it's over, the league. I haven't I, asked this for a few weeks. I was so. going to cut in there because I've I, I seen, I, I seen yeah. you look over, look over at me and sort of like wink and laugh yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The league's Have done. I said that six months ago? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it, it's disappointing for me sure. uh, in regards to, obviously, you know, with, with Rangers, but I, I can't disagree. I think, you know, the, the league... Um, the league is done. The league is rewarded on consistency over a season, and and Celtic have uh, you know been the, the stronger team. I know there's still matches to go, but I just can't see how um, Celtic could um, you know allow the the title to to, to get close now. Uh, Rangers' job is to to finish a season on the most positive note that they possibly can, Paul, which is. Um, which means getting to to the cup final and and lifting that trophy. Otherwise, we we know that. Celtic uh, and again Peter with a smile on his face potentially a, a treble that's going to be a really really tough pill to swallow for Rangers supporters absolutely and as I say it's the guys on the bench that could win the league yeah and the cup because that 60 they're, minute mark because they're, yeah. they're pushing the guys to perform the way they are because at Tynecastle at the weekend they were phenomenal you know Joe Hart's had a wonder save but people maybe won't forget but that was a wonder save at an important time but Celtic were so comfortable was that the best performance of the season? Not if they're a right good few performances, Paul, but they're so consistent. But everybody that comes on is doing a job or everybody that starts is doing their job. And the manager, as I said, he, Kobe Ashi comes on and played exceptionally well. And Starfelt, I think, has been doing it exceptionally well as well. So 
I thought that the natural left foot, even raising the game again, you're just having a natural left foot playing forward, balance. playing quicker. Yeah, the balance, which is always nice because especially the Celtic players, I see you have to play that quicker. Sometimes Carroll's got to move on his right foot sure. to make the pass, even though you use the left. The manager spoke about Kobayashi afterwards. He's a very, very good footballer. You know, you can see that he's so calm on the ball, having a left-sided centre back. He's is uh, such an asset, and um, you know. But you know, again, he's only 22, so as a defender, he's still got a lot to learn. But he's again, he's he works hard every day. He works hard with. We're fortunate we've got John Kennedy in the building who's an outstanding centre-back and he does a lot of work with John every day just to, to be ready for his opportunity. He hasn't had a lot, but he's definitely one we think can, can be a strong contributor you know, between now and the end of the year and, and beyond. Just what you said, Peter. The recruitment is so important. Yeah. If you were in the recruitment department at Rangers, you'd be saying, where are they finding these? I mean, we know where they're finding them, in Asia. You yeah. know, the Kobayashi and the others... But what do you yeah. think of him as a, a? That's your. That was your position. Yeah. Look, I haven't seen. I haven't s- yeah. seen enough. Uh, but again, that that part of the world. Um, look, in terms of being on the ball uh, and being comfortable and, and knowing how to pass the ball and and where and when and being able to hit those passes, for me, they're they're things that a defender should be able to do. Um, it's it's a, it's a, the ability to defend. Um, you know those one one v one encounters. A lot of the time, Celtic, uh, you know, with only two at the back, and 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 times get isolated, and you must be able to defend one v one. But again, these, I know the way Ange sinks and operates, and these are all things that are factored into to the recruitment side of things. He, he's done a very good job in terms of the the, the Asian market in particular. It's one he knows well. Um, but he goes for um, players that have have got a hunger. And a, and a desire to 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 want to continually improve, and I keep going back to you know the environment. Um, for me, it's key. It's something that he, he set up and and had had running extremely well with the national team. He's done exactly the same at Celtic. News is next. Then we're back. Peter Grant, Paul Cooney, and the big man, Oz himself, Greg Moore next.
Craig Moore, Paul Cooney, Peter Grant and your calls coming in 08 08 17 17 700 and you can join us on the socials at Go Football Show. Thanks to everyone who contacted us after the show last night, Barry and big John Hartson and John opened up particularly about you know his battle over the years with cancer and it was really moving. Barry spoke about personal things as well. But we got a lot of, men- a lot of mentions from people who came on and said, look, thank you. And you discover that these huge names in football, as you both are as well, are human beings. And, and you know, it was really touching. It's on the socials there. If you want to listen, you can go uh, wherever you get your podcast and you will hear last night's programme as you'll hear tonight as well so you two have been mainly in agreement so far Peter Grant Craig Moore I'm just thinking can we yeah, stir so it up just a little so bit he, he's, he's kicked yeah. me and then I kick him back that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the way it kind of works you've got to shake hands at the end there yeah, exactly, yeah. so who's going to win the, the cup a Rangers going to defend it listen I know it's too early just now to say but Craig what's your feeling just now six weeks out for the semi-final look again I <laughs> It's a it's a hard one for me. I think that if 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 Rangers are able to to execute a game plan, Paul, I, I think that they can go and win the game. Um, I, I felt that also in the in the final, um, but they 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 never um, they never really went about their business. And for me, like I said, these are not really my words. These are these are Michael Beale's words in terms of disappointment at not execute, executing on game day in the, in those big matches. I think if they can. Um, I, I think the midfield area that has been addressed I think was key because I think that that was a, a big issue in the cup final uh, I, I think that will give Rangers a, an opportunity Celtic will go in with exactly the same confidence Paul. Do you think he regrets not playing Raskin especially and Cantwell but even say one of them I would be disappointed if he didn't because um, you know you talk about the, the, well, Michael spoke about players that coming in and, and and having a contribution not for this season but for two or three seasons. These are are important signers that have come into the football club, um, and therefore a part of that. Um, and these are exactly the type of players that you need to throw into to to that match, in my opinion. Uh, Peter, I don't know what your thoughts are there, but I mean you would have played along. Uh, alongside many and new signers that come into the, to the club, and I understand that sometimes you hold a player back from the old firm match. The good players, mate, get in there and get them in there as quick as you can. Well, I thought at the time, especially, and then the following week when he spoke about him playing, they played very well in the first half of the game. Was it Hearts they played? But they beat Hearts 3-0 or something? Yeah. Uh, there was 3-0 up in the first half and he said he was brilliant and then at the start of the second half, he died a death a little bit. Yeah. I think that's what the cup final should have been. You know, when you've got somebody, listen, he's one of your best players. People always say, when you've got your team, pick your best players if they're available. Biggest thing I'll remember that, and I don't know if you've time for the story. Played in the cup final with uh, the three-three with Liverpool with West Ham. So in the build-up to the game, Alan Pardew, right all week, we'd picked the team mm-hmm. apart for the strikers. It was Bobby Zamora and Dean Ashton. Bobby Zamora had been brilliant, scoring goals for fun, playing excellently well. Dean was the best striker I'd ever, one of the best strikers I've ever worked with, probably the best if he wouldn't get injured, and he'd everything. He'd been out for about four or five weeks with a hamstring injury, and Alan was saying it was all week. Bear in mind, we've picked the team apart for the striker. Mm. The boys know everything, but no striker. Right up to the Saturday morning, him and Holland, and I said, I would go with Bobby because he's been doing exceptionally well. He's been scoring goals. He's on fire at this moment in time. I would hate for Dean to start and coming off after five minutes because, one, we've put Bobby down there because we're telling him he's not starting mm. after being brilliant for us. I said, and then Dean's coming off and Bobby's got to go in, so we're lifting somebody, mm. trying to go in. So right, this is right up to the Saturday morning and then I get to Alan's room on the Saturday morning he says, one thing you said to me, mate, a long time ago, 
pick your best players. And I went, yeah. He said, well, you think Dean's the best striker? I said, oh, without a shadow of doubt he is. You know? He went, he's playing. And that's what he'd done. And he was a manager. He obviously made that decision. He said, he's playing. How did he play? He scored two. <laughs> and we drew 3-3 three, three yeah. in the game and ended up. It was the Stephen Gerrard Cup final, yeah. they call it. And he, they beat us in penalties. But Deep Dean scored mm. two. Well, made Jamie Carragher kick one in the net and then scored so, one himself. So he still played Raskin. Yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. Because if, yeah. if Dean burns out in that particular game, we can take him off. And I was more concerned about Bobby because Bobby had been brilliant in the build-up because then you're taking him right down to the air where he's thinking the biggest day probably in his career. Yeah. You know, mm. all these things and then after five minutes you've got to put him on but he's been loads of snakes belly you know what I mean sure. and then all of a sudden but it worked out and that, that was a decision that how the difference people say about being an assistant and a manager mm -hmm. he said you're, he remembered that I'd said to him always pick your best players you know if, if they're available mm -hmm. and he said you said that you think Dean's the best I think that too he's playing Reminds me a wee bit of Billy Gilmer. Remember, he didn't play right at the beginning in the Euros, remember? And then played at Wembley, man of the against, match. Against but England, we yeah. maybe weren't you know, brave enough in the first game. Look, managers are only human, but um, for Celtic, any... Well, they're not arrogant at all, but any worries for the game against Rangers, the cup game? It, well, is it the fact that by then the league will probably be over? It will be over by then, you'd imagine. So a double... How big a, an incentive is, is a well, treble? Well, the way the thing is, I can say you know, if I sat here just now, yep. is there any of the Rangers players would get in the Celtic team? Good question for... But do you know what I'm us, saying? Yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking to mm -hmm. myself, would any of them going to get in there? And I, I'm, I'm talking about even the ones that's not getting a game. Mm -hmm. And the answer for me is no. That's me. That's me talking. But the way they're performing and the way they perform, there's nobody I'd say, right, he comes in instead of him. You know, not at this moment in time. And that's when I look at it. But on that particular day, and that's what I've said to you many mm -hmm. times when you've spoken about the Celtic Rangers game on the day, who do you think will win? I say, it doesn't matter yeah. up until that day. It's how you perform on that day, how decisions go for you, who handles it the best, who doesn't, who makes the, the con who's got the concentration levels. All these things are happening on the day. But man for man, squad for squad, Celtic are light years at this moment in time. I think because they've worked so hard together to get there. And I know one or two guys can make a difference, and it happens in football. One or two sure. guys come in and give you a lift, another team loses a bit of form. As Celtic proved, when they lost out in the 10. You know, they were so far in front, and then all of a sudden it was 25 points. Nobody has seen that that way. Apart from the boy that phoned in and said, Indeed, yeah, Sean, Sean. <laughs> you know? Well, here's somebody in the Rangers ranks who was at Liverpool. We know he didn't play there, but um, is he... How would he compare with Carol Starfelt? Let's hear from him today. This is Ben Davies speaking about the Cup semi-final with Celtic. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, and obviously last year, that was the tie for the semi-final as well when we won it. And then we obviously came through that in a, a good game. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one to look forward to. Um, back to Hamden. Um, and a challenge that we'll, like I say, look forward to in Mellish. He's been speaking about his form, his team's form, and the difference now that he's finally getting regular game time. I think that I always knew that once I got minutes and game time, then I could settle into the team. Um, it was obviously frustrating for the first six months because I've kind of had to deal with that, not having the, the full pre-season for the last two or three years, and it's kind of hampered each season of mine. So it's, it's, um, it's good to get in and play, and I feel comfortable playing. Um, when you first get in the team, you just want to kind of go under the radar and just not make mistakes and just play it nice and steady. Um, and then you can kind of build from there. So I feel like I'm at a stage now where I can um, show a bit more what I can do and, 
and I've got that reassurance that my fitness and is going to be fine. Greg? Yeah, look, look like any any footballer, uh, match minutes are, are vital to, to be able to, to, to get rhythm, um, to get timing, especially as a defender, uh, in terms of, you know, challenges, um, and, to, and to get that confidence. Um, I didn't realise he'd, he'd struggled in, in terms of the last three seasons, mm, in terms yeah. of not, not having a pre-season under his belt. Um, and, and you lose so much then if you don't get a pre-season. You, 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 it takes you longer. Do, but you, I mean, again, I think at times, I'm, I'm not... I'm not working at club level. I have been there before, and 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 sometimes uh, you know with the sports science nowadays and uh, and loadings and, and like for me sometimes players, uh, well we're all individuals for one, um, and sometimes you can you can push beyond and and it's knowing who can 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 do that. I just feel at times that players are held back, um, whereas our day I would I would have been banging on the door says no 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 I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to play. Like you don't need to hold me back. I'm ready to go, and and I think that's you know characters nowadays in terms of those those players that having that confidence to to go and chat that door to go and maybe to maybe push to say no no I'm ready to play. I think we're quite happy just to wait and I'll be dripped into the team when I want. But I think when you're making signings at a football club, especially big two big football clubs like Glasgow Rangers and and, and Glasgow Celtic, you you want to. Um, you want to get the right players, but you want to throw them into the team as quickly as you possibly can. My opinion. Would you throw Ben Davies into the Celtic team and replace just Peter's question? I'm who? not going to get drawn no. into the the the, the yeah. best starting eleven for Celtic and and whether Rangers players or vice versa. And purely for the reason is, you could you could have a team full of Celtic players, right? And Celtic go and lose the the, the cup final. So. For me, I, I, I try not to get drawn into that because it's a game that just it, it continually throws up unexpected experiences for us all. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the point I'm making. Because if you're picking that team at this moment in time, I, I think they'd be... Take the way the Celtic Rangers thing in their heads, you know what I mean? But if you're saying at this moment in time, people playing at their performances, you'd be saying, I'd find it very difficult for anybody to get into that team at this moment in time. So that's what I'm saying. But it doesn't matter on that particular day. That's when you have to perform. So it doesn't matter what you're doing up until then. You know, you just want everybody available, as I say, but on that particular day. So it doesn't, as I say, it's very, very difficult to call. For us sitting here, we'll always say, oh, well, Celtic or Rangers, vice versa. And that's going to be the case. But you look at Kobayashi, I look at Kobayashi, mm -hmm. you know, and you look at Davis and all that, and you're saying there's a natural left foot. And I thought that was a good balance he was going to bring to Rangers. With John Seward coming in, it gave an opportunity to play a back. See if, if Gio was here. That's what I thought they were looking maybe at trying to do, maybe to change things a little bit, especially in Europe. Uh, they were probably maybe feeling more confident. That. But it's true. We never got asked. Never mind, are you fit or are you not fit? You played. You were in. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't even want to go. And it was mm. slightly different. I know it's slightly different in the areas because you wanted to stay in the team because I said to you before, Paul, simple things. It meant so much to get your appearance money. Yeah. You know, if you were out of the team and stayed out of the team, mm -hmm. you weren't paying your mortgage or anything like that, you know. So there was all different things like that. You were hiding your lump going by the manager. So it was all things like so that. So really, you struggled then maybe to pay the mortgage Absol or the holiday Absol or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah? If you wouldn't have been playing or you were out of the team or out of the first team, because we just are not like that nowadays. No, I'm not saying that makes any difference to a player for 90 yep. minutes. Because anybody that says a player doesn't care, I just blank them yeah. completely, you know what I mean? Because everybody tries and wants to do their best. But in the particular days, that's what I'm saying. It was, you know, as well, like putting on these, <laughs> a suit to fire and fight up in the training ground. 
because that's what it was like because everybody was wanting to play the, the guys that weren't starting they were desperate to show their manager that's they'd be booting you yeah. they'd be booting you on the training pitch be hoping you get injured so yeah. they could play mm -hmm. it was things like that and that's what made everyone so competitive and then this day people say they get two days rest sometimes after a game and they do train on the third day and all this oh, right okay okay but you're playing Tuesday this week yeah. so all of a sudden it's completely different yeah. you know Callum McGregor what 60 odd games every season mm. when he's not fit yeah. it's, it's massive though it's massive one you just don't want to give somebody the opportunity Absolutely. to have that jersey right? Absolutely. You, yeah. you want that jersey to be yours and, and there was no way that I was waiting an extra couple of weeks <laughs> To, mate, I'm, no, I'm ready. I'm ready to play. Uh, and and again, probably from the age of 21. I'm not sure about yourself. I can't remember a game that I went in and saying, "By the way, I feel brilliant. I feel 100." percent I always went in. You're carrying something, or you've got. But a you never ever told anybody that, Craig. No chance. No, but that's what I'm saying. But you never no ever chance. told it. People say it now. But you see, when we all finish our careers, everybody says, yeah. "I never went into a game ever felt 100." <laughs> percent You know. And there were some games you felt you went in brilliant, and you were absolutely oh. hopeless. And there was other games in the warm-up you felt dreadful and you were played really well. And that was the, the, the psychological was fighting yourself. Yeah. That was that fighting yourself to make sure you tried to perform constantly, yeah. whether it was training or whether it was playing. So that became inbred in you. But it wasn't just the games. It was the training. That's why I made the comment a couple yeah. of weeks ago about being training the hardest yeah. part for Celtic because they're so competitive on the training ground with that 25, 22 guys, whatever they've got. That was your biggest, one of the biggest battles of the <laughs> that, week that, to get in the team. That's their biggest battle yeah. now. That's their biggest battle just now is up at the training ground because they don't want to play because they've got cup yep. finals, because they've got uh, opportunities to get to cup finals and win leagues. Who doesn't want to be there on that day that you're unfurling a flag or you're winning, the, you're clinching the league title yep. or scoring the one, an opportunity to score the winning goal? Everybody wants to be playing and involved in that. Drew's been on the socials. We asked the guys last night who would be there if, if it was your five-a-side team, oh. who would you choose? You've got time. Maybe in the next one. I think you were mentioned in Barry's team. Oh, did he? Despite, you were mentioned around ah, it. Anyway, you're definitely in the squad. As a sub. <laughs> I'd say mentioning goals. Michael Beale today was saying that uh, Rangers, they need to be more ruthless in the box. I think he was thinking to the cup game with Ray Throvers at the weekend. If we weren't creating chances, I'd be more worried, but it was a completely different game that Rafe gave us in terms of problems to solve. And... Even after we scored the first goal, it didn't change their resolve, if you like. They sort of did stay there. You know, we had 24 shots in the game, eight in corners. So what you could say is, can we uh, be a bit more ruthless in the boxes? But certainly it wasn't a lack of getting into the right areas. In our last away game at Hibs, I think we had 31 shots. So we're certainly not struggling in terms of our output in the final third. Then it's just a matter of our quality, uh, which uh, is something that we're working on for sure. Working on it ahead of the game. Saturday lunchtime, Motherwell against Rangers. And for Celtic, it's Celtic at home to Hibs. The other games, Aberdeen against Hearts, Dundee United, St Mirren, Kilmarnock. Really need the points against St Johnson and Livingston. Ross County, both of them need points in different ways. Livy have had a tough time in Ross County, uh, working hard to stay in the division. Ange Postacoglu spoke a few days ago about uh, Celtic's performance at the weekend and three quality goals. The quality of our goals uh, recently has been uh, outstanding. And um, yeah, you know, I think you know, we're obviously the lads have got a lot of confidence at the moment, which um, you can see that, but also a lot of belief in what we do. Yep, you definitely were in Barry's five-a-side team. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good because I've got him in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you doing okay with yours? Shall we ask it or should we take the break? Now. No, you can ask it now. Want to do want. it now? Okay, no, 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 go whatever on. Whatever you want. Yeah. Well, Pat Bonner, indeed. Uh, Danny McGrain. Yep. 
course, Danny McGrain. Roy Aiken. Big Roy. Paul McStay. I don't know why I'm repeating the names. People can uh, hear it. Frank McAvenny and Paolo De Canio. Wow. Right, we questioned your English earlier on, not you. We were aye, joking. Aye, you, know, you were, and now the the. So that was five. Five plus one. Okay. Aye, aye, so exactly. Cool. I don't count the goalkeeper. That's Celtic team. I'll play without the goalie. Yeah, yeah. I don't need a goalie. I've got Danny and Roy. So Packy, sorry, you're out. I mean, Danny McGrain, one of the finest fullbacks in the world. Yeah. At, at the time he was voted the best right back in the world and at that particular time Danny could have played right back and left back yeah. equally as well of course and yeah. we had Sandy Jarden absolutely you know, internationally it was brilliant absolutely. as well but Danny was yeah. unbelievable Un unbelievable defender but great getting forward you know he was probably you remember Manny Kaltz and all these guys yeah. Danny was even before their time he was like that up and down the pitch great quality but unbelievable defender as well you know but fantastic touch for a fullback. Mm -hmm. Just what? keeping you for a moment or two. Okay, Are okay. you bursting to get in? No, you know? no, yeah. I was going to say, like, it would be interesting to see, like, in terms of, it might probably, uh, five aside, it can probably change from month to month, right? But this, the one that I've got there now, I think, is a very good one. Great. I'm going to hold it because we have to go to the break and then you can bounce off. Is that what you're thinking? I'm yeah. just thinking who could win. Okay. Ah, who's going to win? Okay. We'll get yours just after this. And we're also going to talk the international scene as well because, Peter, you are disappointed that there are not many homegrown players or players who are playing in the Scottish Premiership at the moment. And that also reflects on some of the ideas about the B teams, Rangers Colts, Celtic Colts, Hearts, uh, playing in the in the fifth tier of Scottish football. That's yeah. next.
So you're looking a lot better after 6 o'clock tonight. You're still queuing in both directions of the M8, but just now it's only between Anderson Cross and 15 at Town Head. You're still looking heavy in the M77 southbound from Junction 1 at the Brick Road back to the M8 Junction 22 at Plantation. Through in part, you've got temporary traffic lights with gas means work on Hybra Road at Beaumont Gate. And looking through in Annie's Land tonight, you've got lane closed for bridge maintenance work on Bearsden Road southbound around Temple Road. On your public transport, you've got no problems reported locally. Just as always, please check your routes before you travel. And that is you up to date. On go. So it's Paul Cooney here with Peter Grant and Craig Moore counting down to the Cup semi-finals and to this weekend and so much coming up and the internationals as well. We're playing Cyprus and Spain in the coming weeks. We'll talk about that in a moment or two. But also people coming in the socials, they want to hear Craig Moore's team. So Peter Grant, your all-time five. We've narrowed it down to five. So Decanio's on the bench. Uh, right. I can't believe that. And your I, team I, I is... I want a goalie and I'd yeah. say I better put a goalie in because yeah. I, I could beat them without a goalie. Yeah. But uh, So I went Bonner... Yeah. McGrain, Aitken, McStay and McAvenny. You always wanted to do that, a bit of an announcement. Uh, absolutely. Craig Moore, your team. Uh, okay, for my team I've gone Gorham in goals, Richard Goff, Paul Gascoigne, Barry Ferguson, McCoist. And on the bench? Ah, uh, look, yep. uh, there, there's, sure. loads, there's loads that could yeah. be on the bench, but you ask for my five, there's yeah, my five. Sure. Ali McCoist, all-time top scorer for Rangers. Incredible goal scorer. Incredible goal scorer. Uh, his movement, um, he could mix it if need be. Um, he just he just knew where to, where to be. Uh, he was an unbelievable goal scorer. Richard Goff. Inspirational leader. Mm. Inspirational leader. Um, Peter, I remember coming up against Goffy many, many a time. And he was, for me, again, just leader, could play football and could score really, really important goals uh, for the club. Unfortunately, played against them all apart. <laughs> you know, you look at it and you think to yourself, apart from Barry, I didn't play against Barry, I don't think. Um, we just missed each other. We just missed each other. Coached him, obviously, at Birmingham. Mm -hmm. and know how wonderful player he is. Uh, Derek, his brother, and Ian Durant, obviously, were fantastic players in midfield. But it's a strong, strong side, that, but I'd still fancy mine. <laughs> and what do you think at home? Who's going to win? Do you have the two lineups? <laughs> <laughs> Should we do 11 aside? No, maybe not tonight. There's too much else on. But it, this is what happens, isn't it? Around uh, the Derby time, the old firm, whatever you want to call it, the Glasgow. Then people do talk about it. How, how are they going to line up? What's going to happen? Three games in two months, though, is unusual. I remember a number of years ago, there was seven derbies in one season. And that was when there were cup replays. But mm. the, six will be the maximum now with no replays. Yeah. Uh, and um, I was going to say Rangers have to win one of them but we've been saying that throughout the evening there's no nothing from Ange Postacoglu today we'd expect that tomorrow yeah. and so we'll see uh, what Celtic are saying about the coming games but I would suspect with him he will be it is game at a time at the moment Peter I would... well if you gave Rangers a choice this would be interesting maybe mm -hmm. Craig will be able to answer it they're allowed to win one of the games what game is it? good question Craig Moore I think I think we know the answer or, uh, for me, no. if, out of the three remaining games, if yeah. Frank, you know, they're going to pick yeah. the games to win sure. because they're thinking, oh, if we win two, they've got a chance of cutting back the league or whatever. Yeah. Give me the semi final. Sure. Yeah. Give me the semi final all day long. I think so. I think that for sure mm. that's what they want. They did that silverware. You know, they're desperate for that. And But that's when the pressure really comes if they don't. You know, but look what it did for Ange Postacoglu last season. That doesn't mean to say it translates to Rangers. I get that. But if they can retain the trophy, if he wins his first trophy, how big would that be for Michael Beale? It's Listen, that's the expectation. Mm. And then all of a sudden he does that. 
maybe it makes his job a little bit easier in his recruitment maybe in the respect of the fact that he gets a little bit of time with the fans being delighted with that but then the cold reality is that they close the gap and do it consistently and win as many trophies as Celtic have done in recent times compared to Rangers that's what you've got to try and do and Michael can't do all that he's got, he can only consider himself what he's doing now um, and, and that's the way the manager Ange's done at Celtic he's talking about if they win this one it's about winning the next one it's about winning this game it's about winning the next game when I mean, you play with Celtic Rangers as Craig knows as the fact that it's the next game is the yeah. most important you win the league you enjoy it for a couple of weeks yourself but all of a sudden you're back in again and that's what you're trying to do is trying to retain it and that's the way it is and that never changes and that's why we're talking about the types of players you bring are so so important because some people can handle that pressure of consistently having to win and perform and other guys Celtic guys have proven they can do that they, they can do that the Rangers guys have still to prove that yeah, no, he's exactly, exactly right. The the currently the, the the Celtic squad have shown that the they are winners. Um, they have the runs on the board, uh, the experience, um, and they've they've lifted trophies. And I think that's the part of um, Rangers makeup that needs to change. Um, you know, to be that club, and we touch on it. People might think it's boring, but the expectation at Rangers or Celtic is to lift trophies. Uh, and we see how quickly it turns when you're in a situation at one of those clubs and you're not winning trophies. The changes, about it. <laughs> the changes are swift. Eh? They're swift yeah. and they're harsh. Um, so character, character is massive, absolutely massive at these two football clubs because if you don't have it, you just cannot survive. Let's talk international, the Scotland squad. Seems ages since we've played, because it is. So they're <laughs> back for the games with Cyprus and Spain. Stevie Clark, talking about uh, Hamden and the fact we've got a double sellout. I have to say it's great that both matches are sold out, are almost sold out. The power of this team to capture the imagination of the Scottish public and we're grateful to the Tartan Army that they're going to be there in numbers and hopefully they can cheer us on to two, two good ones. So I think uh, everyone knows the squad's got it all here. Peter, what was your impression of the squad overall? I think the only disappointment getting out there's some of the guys not playing now. I, I think that's the biggest thing because I think in the last few squads maybe over the last couple of years, most of these guys have been playing week in, week out. They're getting a lot of the guys now dropping out their first teams and not playing yeah. as much. You Billy Gilmore, you're talking about. Stuart you know, Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong, Christie, you know, even Shea Adams. Mm -hmm. you know, Kieran Tierney. Kieran, Kieran. All these guys are playing consistently and I felt that in the last few games, even though if it was in the Championship, they were still playing and I think that was important getting into matches. Turning up for the international, it's not ideal. You know, and it never is ideal when you're, and I know it's never perfect. And that's what we were talking about earlier, earlier on, about saying it's not the best teams, you know, when it turn up on international duty, because you have some wonderful players who could play for most international teams. But for these guys, that's probably the only downside. It's brilliant that if the, the fans are wanting to go and see Scotland, because I say that that's, that is the dream. I always say that it means as a young man was to play for Celtic, obviously, but then the ultimate dream was to pull on a Scotland jersey. That's what you do, and I hope that never ever changes. You know, because that means you're doing well for your football club, and it's just a shame that there's not as many playing as often as I think they should be with the quality they have. Craig, yeah, now look, unfortunately, the, the change in in regards to to the squad and, and that lack of football. Um, we were talking last year about the depth actually that was yeah. in the Scotland squad, you know, and there was players that were you would go by the way really really unlucky not to be in the squad because that was on the back of playing, you know, performing extremely well at club level, um, and and that I guess would would be the the disappointing thing I, I guess for Steve Steve Clark, um, he'd love to be in a position to to have you know 30, 40 players that are going yeah, at yeah, it. Uh, it's a it's a great headache to have um, because 
something if you go long enough where you, you're getting players that are getting in on the back of reputation rather than yep. minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be in that situation because the reality is you're not going to get the results that you need to qualify for your major mm-hmm. tournaments. Well, you're looking at you look at like say Josh Doig who's playing yeah. playing exceptionally well by all accounts in Italy and he's mm-hmm. an under 21s I know that I understand that but he's got Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney yeah. but then people would rightfully say well why is Kieran Tierney selected mm-hmm. he's not playing well but he's his, his quality <laughs> yeah. is shown of it never let Scotland down never let Arsenal down you know and he's just found himself in a situation not through lack of performance you know it's just found himself in a situation at this moment in time unfortunately you know and as I say Kieran not just getting the Scotland squad he's getting most squads yeah. You know what I mean? As a left fullback, so Zajenko's playing the best football of his career, isn't he? Yeah, and it's slightly he's different now because he's playing like a midfielder, yeah, and he is a midfielder. He is, he, he is, is a sure. midfielder. You know, so it's easier for him. And Kieran's done it exceptionally well because Kieran's strength has gone down the outside and getting crosses mm-hmm. in and unbelievable athleticism getting up and down the pitch and a, a better defender one to one, I believe. Than, well, I know he is sure. than Zajenko because yeah. I watched the games. But he offers slightly different as that midfield role and playing that central midfield, which is completely different as playing as a left back. Is Lauren Shankland a bit unlucky not to be in the squad, Craig? I think his injuries. Yeah, sorry. I think his yeah. injuries, Paul. I mm. think his injuries, that's unfortunately came at the wrong time for him because then that had been a question the manager would have been asked. Yeah. I think you he's know? back this weekend. Yeah, but as you say, it's maybe he's got enough boys that's no playing and that's what we're talking about. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. other strikers have been injured, maybe in the squad and just in it because they're just coming back for injury as well. And, and you don't want too many guys. It's hard enough, as I said, to go to Scotland because we used to turn up on the Sundays, I said to you, and weren't doing your first training session at the Wednesday and then you were playing on Thursday. And it was hard enough because sports science, the clubs are all dictating what happens. No, the Scotland manager. They'll tell, they're telling him when they're training, when they're not training. That's the way it is. And you've got to send their data back nearly enough every day. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh-huh. Or if he yeah. gets an injury. Oh, sure. And then you've got to pay. Yeah. When the length of period they're out, I think you've got to pay the full wage, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All, all this situation. So there's a lot of things, because the national mm. thing was an eye-opener when I was there, you know, that's for sure. It could be considered unlucky, but again, I think yeah. in terms of the injuries, because he's had a fantastic season. Um, 18 plus goals I can't remember yeah, 21 21 yep. yeah, there you go so I was up, up, up there um, he's a right handful he's a right handful and I'm looking at the squad and you go look Lyndon Dykes is that type of player but out with that um, is there anything is there, is there anything similar no not, not, not really and to be fair Lyndon Dykes coming in off the back of um, QPR who are potentially sleepwalking uh, towards yeah, Real Madrid as well was he not yeah. in hospital as well yeah, he? he was recently yeah. yes. as well yeah. you know? I see he scored the other night Peter yeah. you were yeah. confirming yeah. that but they, they were hammered 6-1 oh, yeah what about the goalkeeping position then we have left uh, we're in a left in position that there's three of them yeah. none of them have been capped so far is it going to be Angus Gunn because he's you know the, almost the Norwich. choice of Stevie Clark yeah from Norwich played for England under 21s you know him Peter, you obviously worked with him. Oh, I know him no. very well. Yeah. Angus Hall, fantastic boy. And I, I know people are on the, jumping on the bandwagon about not wanting to really play for Scotland. That's absolutely rubbish. What happened with Angus yeah. was he was involved in every age group. His mum's English, obviously, yeah. and he was born down there himself. But he was in every age group. And he moved from Norwich to Manchester City. They were about 14, 15 at the time. Every age group with yeah. England. He was every yeah. age group and he was involved yeah. with that. And that we asked him a big Alec, you know, but there was he was in the 21s and they were and I think he actually, I'm not sure if he was in a friendly squad for the national team. I'm not hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. But he definitely was involved with the 21s and that. So he thought the next step was going to maybe be to be in the full squad. And you could understand that because he moved for a few shillings as well and was playing exceptionally well. He was at Manchester City. So it was all going in that direction. But maybe he's got to a stage now and he's thinking, well, that's not going to be the one. Scotland's there and Scotland want me. 
I'm determined mm -hmm. to go and do that. But I understood the time he knocked his back. It wasn't a knockback. It was just the fact he was involved with England at that particular time. Yeah. And he thought he had an opportunity for it. And so... Scotland, Scotland look at that anyway. Yeah, and there's nobody any prouder. There'd be nobody any prouder than Brian Gunn yeah. and his mum and that. He, he goes and does that, and his family. And he's a he's a fantastic boy as well. Now, if he gets an opportunity, he'll do Scotland. Do you think he will play? I'm not sure. Okay, Xander Clark. I think Xander's been doing very well. You know, I think he's he's done very well with Hearts. He's come in, he's taken over a big personality, Craig Gordon, and he's done very very well for Hearts. So there's maybe an opportunity for him there. Craig, who's your number one? Is it Liam Kelly? No, Sandra Clark. No, I'm going to go with Angus Gunn um, to to get a a starting debut. I, I mean, I don't know too much. Has he got has he got size? Oh, he's a pig lad. He's okay. six six four, so or six five, maybe Angus. Yeah. So I think yeah. I, I think that I think that might be something that uh, a game goalkeeper's presence. Sandra Clark's a really good goalkeeper, but for me, he doesn't have that presence. Uh, more that shot top stopper kind of goalkeeper Liam Kelly I've seen he's a good pro that does well his form goes up and down mm. um, and the team were down for so long but they're back up now but yeah but you're talking about Motherwell yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know he's, he's a very sure. good goalkeeper he's in the national team because he's a very good goalkeeper mm. but I'll go with with Angus Gunn to, to get that start okay anything uh, else with the fantastic team just, yeah, of course his father when that would yep. be so proud and uh, as I yep. say all this stuff Forget about that. The kid never ever knocked back Scotland. It was just with the situation was with England and he came through that all his days. And if you said to Angus, he was known as an English boy because he was born there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I get that, it. That accent. Cool. So yeah. that's different. It's completely different for them. They don't know anything else at all. And to be that close to the national team. So we'd love to get to Germany. 2024 is not far away at all because obviously Euro 2020 was a year late Craig the Spanish are coming I know it's Cyprus first but yeah, Marata is getting the goals now for Spain and I know we said that's that was the problem at the World Cup they just didn't have a recognised striker do you? Yeah and look the, the, the Spanish uh, look, they've obviously been in a, in a, in a phase of, of rebuilding yeah, lead, leading sure. into that mm -hmm. but uh, you know some really really good quality younger players now uh, Marati, you touched on in terms of the, of the experience and, and the know how to get the goals. Uh, look, Spain for me have still got upside, and there's no there's no doubt about that. Um, and will be a tough challenge for Scotland. Um, but these are the tests that you you know you you, you certainly want to have. Um, it's always hard, isn't it, for, for for you guys in terms of the qualification campaign? So it really is in terms of you got to knock over a couple of really really. Big, 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 big teams to, to get to that Yeah, again, we have to, that to go and say we have to perform on the night, you know, because you're playing Spain and it doesn't matter. I mean, look at the, what they've had to rebuild, mm -hmm. you know, when they talk yeah. about the players they lost, yeah. you know, but then you've got young Pedri and Gavi and all these sort of guys, 18, 19 years of age, who are probably world-class already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, knocking on the door for sure. So they're, they're, you're looking at the qualities that they have as young men because they're used to playing tournament football. But the most important thing, they're used to playing football. Mm. And we're talk, going to talk about that anyway. But, yep, they, they thing. Next, yep. but that's the sort of thing. You're, they're playing football. They've been playing football all their days. They've not been standing at the side of the pitch watching games. They've been playing and learning while the game's going on. And that's why these guys are ready and prepared to play in their first teams. And obviously their performances get them into the first teams. And that's the difference. Looking forward to it. Going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the chance for young players to get game time which they're not getting enough it's about this fifth tier Craig you're making the headlines already about Gvaradona uh, no it's just oh, it's, yeah it's online uh, that yeah. he could have come to Rangers he, he, he was I certainly asked the question whether yeah. whether or not they wanted to have a conversation but they were they were already set with their recruitment for it was this, this season for, the, for this season 
for the season in question. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it can happen. Um, Thank God. I just shake my head again. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's one of those. I've got to be careful what I say because well, even no. like Rangers supporters, it's not. Like, I'm, no. I'm not so I'm not bagging anybody. No, it's no. just uh, like it says. You know, I'm kind of I'm trying to, to to work my way in the agency side yeah, of, of course, things and. Yeah. You know, it's no different to when I was a player. I'm working my absolute backside off. I want to mm -hmm. become the very, very best and be successful. And therefore, the, the the network and the reach is not too bad. And I'll keep banging on the door and I'll keep trying. And eventually, I'm sure there'll be there'll be good business to be done. And we did ask you about it.
just checking with Craig Moore and Peter Grant. I was hearing there with Chris. Thanks, Chris, for the traffic. Snoop Dogg's in town tonight. Peter, are you off to see him? Maybe we're going to the Hibs game on Saturday. Uh, yeah, oh, is he coming along to the game? Yeah, right. I'm not yes, sure. Maybe he's a, a fan Celtic of Celtic, man. isn't he? Well, so see you, hi. Yeah, will you be along there? Uh, he knows the score. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, not rushing down to the Oval Hydro tonight? No, no, no. Um, we're talking about the fifth year of Scottish football and the fact that Rangers, Celtic, Hearts could be there. It's almost like a new tier, isn't it? And it doesn't allow as many clubs to come through as can be at the moment. The more you put the biggest teams in there, it then starves it for some of the other clubs, the smaller clubs around the country. Michael Beale was asked about it today. Listen, uh, there's, a, there's a huge opinion on this, for and against, and I get that in football. Uh, my own personal opinion, without being the manager of Rangers, is my personal opinion. It happens in Portugal, it happens in Holland, it happens in Germany. I think Italy now with Juventus have got it as well, and I think it would be good for the development of... Uh, young Scottish players. That's my personal opinion. It will divide opinion, of course, but if I speak uh, uh, now about our club, do I think our young players have benefited from a, a, a stronger or a bigger games programme? Yes. Do I think the level is helping them play for Rangers? Possibly not. Other than playing against men and for three points and having a regular games programme, it hasn't always helped. But I think we need to look at some of the other countries that are doing that and ask the questions why. And there's enough countries doing it and it being successful, whether that's Germany, Portugal, Holland, as I say, Italy now with Juventus uh, B team are also in the pyramid as well. Who wants so, to go first, Craig? So I'm just so currently, obviously, Rangers are now Hearts, I believe so, and Celtic. They play in the Lowland mm. League. Yep. So is that what you're talking about in terms of that's fifth tier? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, there's some there's some really really rough and tumble games in that. There's no doubt about that against men, um, uh, um, sometimes not unbelievable uh, football to be played in that. Um, for me, I, I do believe that in terms of younger players, um, when you can have that opportunity playing men's football and, and and adapting to that very very quickly. And it puts you in good stead, but the Lowland League is probably not the level because the Reserve League did that. It's not the level, so the Reserve League. And when I think what Michael's saying there in terms of the leagues that he was touching on, so they're they're kind of second team, their B team, for example, or Colts, whatever you want to yeah. call it, they're playing in like the second tier, which is like our Championship in those countries. Yeah, in the other countries. And then it's yes. then it's a completely, oh, I think, a completely different thing, Peter. Well, well, that's when that's when I laugh when everybody mentions Real Madrid do it, Juventus do it. They've got guys at twenty eight playing. No, 18. Sure. We've got guys that's all under 18 or nine, under 20s, mm. whatever. You know, we've still got eight subs and six subs, so no playing. Yeah. The dressing room, when you played in the reserves, it wasn't all 16-year-olds no. because I was under 16 and playing in the reserves. It was men that was playing along mm. with you. Mm -hmm. When you go and loan sometimes down in England to the lower league teams, I ended up scouting the teams that were going to play because I'm thinking, is this going to be beneficial for him as a player, as a central midfield player and the goalkeeper's kicking it from back to front? Yeah. What is he going out there for? I'm as better keeping him at the club because he's going to learn more than the training pitch daily playing against these guys day in, day the top out. players. Yeah. yeah, the top players. We get into Europe as a young boys here and they'll have a couple of good results and then they'll get a doing off of Real Madrid. Yeah. You know, an, an absolute doing, Barcelona's, whatever. Because it's a completely different way of playing football. So what are we trying to get them ready for? To play in the Champions League with a Celtic or a Rangers? Or are we just trying to get them a game of football? For me, at this moment in time, 
People keep saying they're playing against men and whatever. It doesn't matter. And that's no disrespect to the guys they're playing against because they're good players and some of them are ex-pros and a lot of them are ex-pros who have just went out of the game because they feel as if they earn more money being part-time. Yeah. So they're very good players, but it's not the style they're going to, these guys, if they're going to play for a Celtic or Rangers. Look at the national team. We have one Celtic player. One Celtic player. And that's Celtic's team sure. has not mm-hmm. got a lot of Scots and I don't no. mean it that way. Mm-hmm. But if you're spending an amount on youth and you're talking about B teams and all that, so if they play on a Saturday, and I think Rangers play at Dumbarton, mm-hmm. and that's no disrespect, and my boy plays with Dumbarton, but they play on the pitch there. So I'm looking at the background, where is it all coming from? I still go to the game, and there's still a lot of subs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would rather all these guys were playing, and playing everywhere. You know, and I don't mean B teams, A teams, whatever. These guys have all got to have a games programme. The more people are playing football, and as I said, all the teams were strong in Scotland at one time when I played because Aberdeen was successful because if they weren't playing with a Celtic or a Rangers, they went to an Aberdeen or they went to a Hibs. So Dundee everybody United, had fantastic yeah. players, you know, because the squads were so small. You know, younger guys get an opportunity to play because there wasn't big pools of players. Mm-hmm. So now you've got 25 first-team players now, but you've got the youth team that's got eight subs. You've got the first team that's got nine subs, is it? So you've got too many young players not playing football. Not They're standing about... Too, maybe too many in, in, in general. But, but, Peter, I've got to say, and again, this is where my opinion is probably slightly different to yours. I think getting men's football as soon as you possibly can um, is a good thing. I really do in terms of the, the, the ability to adapt to senior football. Right? I see too many academy kids that are academy players um, that you can see are just crying out for uh, senior men's football to really get it and understand what it is. What I will say um, on top of that is that it's important for the clubs and you were part of a club in terms of then um, understanding the type of club and the type of football that is then going to benefit your particular player. That for me is key. Clubs should have those strategic partnerships in place and then I think that there's absolutely enormous benefit well, that's what I was going to say. That was a point I was going to make. Yeah. Instead of them playing here in Scotland, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, if they're that good to be at a Celtic or a Rangers, they should be able to go and play, whether it's abroad, mm-hmm. you know. And But what the point also I'm trying to make is, it's all young players with all young players. Whereas if you went out and loan to a senior player, and listen, the boys were getting a couple of shillings for it, or a lower league team as in their respect, especially in England, these guys would have punched their head off if you wouldn't have won after the game and seen all these things and playing under a pressure where some guys are depending on it for their mortgage mm-hmm. to be paid, then that's a different type of character. You're still playing with a youth team, yeah. whether you're playing in the B team or not. You're still having the same problems, but the opposition's not moving you about. So how am I going to learn about this deep-lying midfielder? But if I go to Mark him, all of a sudden like other guys come in behind me. The teams don't play that way. So it's not part of your progress, really. Absolutely. You're not learning. You're not learning the that. right things. No, yeah. because it's difficult because opposition are not giving you mm. the problems. They're not asking you the questions and that's no disrespect because let me tell you, the boys in the, the, the lower leagues are desperate to beat the Celtics, the Rangers. Ah, sure. They'll be desperate yeah. to beat them. So it gives you that, yes, it gives you that compa- competitive edge. But you've got to have that anyway. You know, but to have that all together, it's still an under-19 team or an under-18 team that's playing against men so when they get into the dressing room together they'll all be getting the same criticisms they'll all be getting that but if you've got a senior player ripping your head off because mm-hmm. you never passed the ball or you missed a big chance or he's got you up with the throat because yeah. of whatever that was a learning thing then people talk about reserve football Paul as if we had 25 senior players playing mm-hmm. we had 3 or 4 because okay. the squads were so yeah. small yeah of course yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so different now no, isn't but, it but, yeah. but come Monday I hear your point uh, but yeah. come Monday Paul 
everybody at that club had played a game at football. Mm, yeah. That's the important Whereas thing. now, so many of them are on the sidelines. Absolutely. Running out of time, just six minutes left on the show. A couple of headlines. Uh, Stephen Gerrard is down to maybe the last two or three for the Turkish side, Absolutely. Travis Bonspor. Mm. Yeah, so they've had talks this week. Um, you would have thought he might have gone somewhere in the Championship or whatever a few months ago. It's not happened since he left Villa. Would that be a good move for him, do you think? It's maybe the only again, move again, at the moment. Again, yeah. it might be speculation. Mm, could uh, be. Let's yeah. be honest. But, well, let's uh, wait till it happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there has been also some that spoke about in terms of the junior national teams with with, with England. Some openings mm-hmm. coming okay. up, coming uh, coming up there. You could see that, couldn't you? Um, Probably. Look, well, it depends yeah. because everybody says Michael was the, the coach yes. and Stephen was a manager. Mm-hmm. So when you go with the younger boys. You have to coach them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Stephen's the coach or a manager, but when you heard before it was Michael Beale that done the coaching and Stephen was the manager side of it and sort of manage the players more than coach sure. them. So when he goes to England 21s, you have to coach them. That's all about coaching and, and progressing the team. You know, it's not about you then, it's about making sure these guys understand the game. Scottish Cup semi-finals, six weeks and three days away for Falkirk against Inverness. 12.15 on the Saturday and then on Sunday the 30th Rangers Celtic 1.30 few people have been on saying why such an early kick-off Craig for especially Falkirk against Inverness we know um, the old firm that they play the game earlier mm-hmm. but Inverness is what two and a half to three hours three hours driving the coach isn't it yes on the trains yep. it's, uh, it's an early start isn't it 12.15 Saturday the 29th early start of the reasoning behind it I, I have no idea um, my feelings when I was playing on that kickoff time was I didn't love it <laughs> I did not love it you because, didn't love it does that mean nah, you hated it nah because pre-matches breakfast <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, you know if, Three o'clock, great time. Evening kickoffs, not bad. That was a naughty one. I didn't like that one. I love that phrase. I don't. I, I didn't love it. That means you hated it. <laughs> so the guy in succession, was it Greg in succession, and they give him some terrible options. He goes, oh, I don't love that one. <laughs> Have you watched it? It's back soon. I've seen pre. I need to get on it. You, you've got to watch succession. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Scott's, Scott's guys there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what he's. No. Okay. Peter, <laughs> what about you? Twelve fifteen. I think yeah. maybe it's down more to the park. Well. What do you mean? Because obviously the playing surface, obviously, mm-hmm. because once the game's done, it gives you more time to work on it. We've had complaints about it before, the quality of the pitch. And that's why, and I know the reasons why they use the National Stadium, but I think the National Stadium should only be for the final anyway. That's my personal opinion. All and right. I know, yeah, because, Would you farm it out to... Oh, 100%. Yeah. Could you imagine Inverness, Falkirk, full at, say, Tynecastle mm-hmm. or whatever? You know, right. then people say, well, you'll maybe get 25,000 at the, the game at uh, Hamden. So that's half Hamden, half empty. And I know maybe the players are not an honour and a privilege to put Hamden. I understand that 100%. But what I'm saying is, I always thought the final was the only okay. thing that should be played there. And it's the same at Down in England. I say about the same about Wembley. The only final should be played at Wembley. That's my opinion. But I think it's more for the pitch that they can get the pitch sorted for the game the next day. And what about our colleague, the 34 year old captain? of Falkirk Stephen McGinn mm-hmm. who was in the other night he was still buzzing Craig it's such a story isn't it that he was at Kilmarnock helped them to come up uh, last May he's gone down a couple of divisions and there he is in the cup semi-final yeah well, I mean it's kind of been a, a little bit of a roller coaster yeah. for him in terms of his career and uh, you know sometimes you're thinking uh, at 34 years of age you know has, has the best kind of kind of passed you by but you know for, for him to have the opportunity to, to play in a semi-final uh, on the back of a come from behind 
unbelievable victory at home mm-hmm. uh, against Air. Uh, uh, delighted, delighted for him. And, and I'm delighted because I, I fancied him going into that game as well. Mm, would you fancy him for this one? I know it's six weeks to go, so this is, will not yeah. hold you to it. But no. at the moment, they'll have to uh, play on uh, the proper pitch, won't they? Because they don't in Falkirk. They need yep. to get used to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, again, what I see in Falkirk is that they're, they're, they're quite structured, they're quite well organised. And they've got some players in the forward areas, like says Morrison, Kai Kennedy come on off the mm-hmm. bench. Um, Great strike. The, the Ukrainian yeah. lad, to be fair, I'm terrible Gashvelli, with the pronunciation. Good player. Thank you. Good player. Um, so they have some real attacking options, but Inverness were very good against Kelly. Most of the players have played in the championship against these guys right. anyway. Sure. Paul, you yeah. know, there's not a big golf between it. As I said, there's a piece of paper between everybody. You know, once They're you get a footballing out. side, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to be a tough game yeah. for anybody who goes into it. But there's the opposite side of me saying it should only cup finals at Hamden. There's the the upside of it. You're getting an opportunity, these guys, to, Stephen, to lead his club out, if God willing, he leads his club out to Hamden Park. You know, that's the difference of it. And, but I'm only saying it from a selfish point of view, saying, well, that was the pinnacle for everybody to play. That was a dream. He'd worked so hard to try and go and play at Hamden in a cup final. That was the only reason I'm saying that. We've only got 90 seconds left. I can't believe where the time has gone. Why? Any surprises this weekend? Motherwell Rangers, is it the away win? I, I think, think? It, I think yeah. it's an away win, but I think it's yeah. going to be hard fought. Hard fought. 2-1 two, two, Rangers. 2-1. And uh, Aberdeen Hearts. Obviously, Hearts gave them a do in the last time. Do you think the, Aberdeen looking better? At home, what do you think? I think Shanklin come back makes a difference to Hearts. I think if he comes back into it, uh, I, I, I fancy Hearts, actually. Kelly need a win at home to St. Johnson. What are you thinking, Craig? Oh, I'll tell you, I, two, two teams that are obviously fighting for their lives. Uh, don't expect it to be a classic. I'm going for a draw. Dundee United against St. Mirren. Huge win for Jim Goodwin. It's his old team coming to, to town. Yeah, it'll be a tough one. You know, they, they, St Mirren know what they're doing and I've, I've watched them a couple of times in the recent weeks and I've been impressed with what they've tried to do they, they were unfortunate against Celtic to get the sending off an mm-hmm. important thing because it had been interesting to see how the game panned out because yeah. they were 1-0 up True. at the time and I always fancied Celtic in the game but it'd been interesting because they had very good structure to the way they played and Livy against Ross County may have a draw written over it and Celtic against Hibs what do you think Peter? you'll be doing that Three game? Nil. 3-0 4 Celtic <laughs> <laughs> come on now jeez Craig yeah look Celtic we'll, we'll have too much for Hibs 2-3-0 um, can't believe you got a joke on me there I mean dearie dearie you done me in there Barry Ferguson's here tomorrow he's in your uh, starting or your best uh, five yeah. and it's going to be Andy Walker Peter thanks so much See he's you not my best week. five has he not <laughs> <laughs> that tomorrow. you say 25 <laughs> enjoy the weekend Zoe Kelly is up next see you tomorrow at five